Good morning. If you can go to Perichas, Pasuk Lamed Gimel. We keep reading Pasuk Lamed Beis again because that's the only good news in the Perich. Yamas Gidon Ben Yesh Beseva Teva. So he didn't see what's about to unfold. At least he didn't see it by Elam Hazeh. What he sees by Elam Haba and the Elam Emes is a whole Shaila on the Sugian Brochus, what they do know, what they don't know. And the Bechira, which Avimelech has to do all these horrible things, is obviously there, and we're not exonerating anything that he's about to do. Keep in mind, though, Chazal say that Gideon, although he was a tremendous tzaddik and saved Klai Yisrael, and more the Shevtim, the fact that this aphid idea with this memorial, monument, uh, whatever it was supposed to stand for, he meant that they should remember the nace, which is important. It's very important. It's the syndrome, what did Hashem do for me lately? And uh, we could fall into that trap, which is why we say them three times a day, many times in between. And you have to try to avoid falling into the trap, even for a moment. With that said, he meant well, but it was a disaster, and the people used it to further their aims in reverting back to Avodah Zarah. And the natural progression is that they're not going to have atzlacha in the next uh, choosing of a leader, and the fact that, as he mentioned, they didn't really have to choose anybody, clearly didn't want the malchus, and the shefet was always ad hoc, and they had 70 children, you want some administrative duties? I'm not even sure what the administrative duties might have been. There were no computers, no paperwork, uh, no roads to build. And the times, uh, we'll see in future program, we already saw a little bit, where they had to build fortresses, and they had to figure out how to outsmart the enemy. There was teamwork, but... If things are peaceful, you don't really, it's hard for us to imagine. You don't need not a king, not even a shayfet, not a standing army, and no administrative government. You have batidinim in each town, and the shvatim had their own batidinim, which is usually a maila, except when it comes to Pelagish Begiva, but we're a year away from that. And it worked basically. So now you have 70 people. I'm giving you the background because he's going to go to his family. His family is supposed to be his 70 brothers. He's going to go to his closer family, the mother's family. He's from the Pelegish. They're all f- from the regular wife. And he's going to make the claim in Shechem that you guys are a lot closer to me and therefore show your loyalty. You don't want this complicated mess of a bureaucracy of 70 people doing all the paperwork. You want me, don't you? So just reminding everybody, there wasn't a whole lot of paperwork to do and there wasn't a whole lot of bureaucracy, and the whole thing wasn't necessary, and it was completely made up. And in his mind, um, the feather in his cap was, my father did name me Avimelech, which is a, I can't call it a kasha, it's an interesting question, which we will never have an answer to. Because if the very sad irony is that he was taka destined for some type of malchus that was needed down the line, he never got there. And that's uh, a tragedy. So we don't know what would have been and where the name would have been Chal, and the name is not that common. 
We have the uh, Gilgul on, from the uh, Gaiusha king, Avi Melech, and the Parshas, and then this, and not much else in between. But he takes it as not only a Heksha sample, but a call to duty, and he's going to convince his family they got to have loyalty to me, even though there was no shy love loyalty, there was nothing going on, and there was no need for an army and no need for any type of government that should be doing a better job, as there wasn't a whole lot to do, which would have been great. But that's not what's going to happen. So family ties are very important, and the loyalty is very important, except when it's being used lara which is what's going to happen over here. And it's not even going to serve them well because they're going to end up having a huge fight. And they're not going to get along with him either. So for all his claims that we're doing this for the uh, family Achtos, is going to fall flat on its face. So, without further ado, Pasuk Lama Gimel, And not only do they revert back to Avodah but they were Machadish, various types, and they adopted this particular deity, the Baal Bris. Well, they were Machadish, or they didn't really have to be Machadish too much, because the guy around them had a different one every day, every hour of the day, so they adopted one, but we're going to hear from him. He doesn't exist. This Baal Bris, uh, the Pusik's going to describe that it's a meeting place and they, they built a fortress around it. They're going to have battles by the Baal Bris. So just keep in mind uh, the name of this, uh, this particular deity, uh, which is not a deity, obviously, and uh, not alive and is a figment of everybody's imagination. But it's going to do a lot of damage. And by contrast, they forgot this is the what did Hashem do for us lately. And the tragedy over here is that they choose to forget and they're not even asking Hashem for anything because they didn't need anything. They weren't being attacked yet. So, what did Hashem do for me lately? You could understand a little bit when a person feels an eight sorry and says, why is Hashem helping? Which is clearer. It's Hashem helped you yesterday, the day before, and, and Hashem is giving you an Isai, and Hashem is here. But there, at least you understand why the thought pops to your head. Here, there is no Eitzara. Everything would have been fine. <laughs> there's, nobody's attacking them. There's no, there's no war going on yet. And yet the Pasuk says that they conveniently forgot everything, and it didn't increase their verse Hashem, and it went in the wrong direction. So, Chazal point out that this Pasuk Lamedad and Lamed Hay are very closely related. Uh, pretty big aside, the Yalkut has a Lashon. I'll read the next Pasuk, I'll read the Lashon of the Yalkut. And they had no Akarasatayv to base Yubal. That's Gidon himself, who saved Chai Yisrael and deserves, they wanted to give him the Malucha. They had Akarasatayv on the spot. Akarasatayv has to be ongoing with the children and the family. They completely forgot that. That's a reference to what is about to transpire, that they're going to be in cahoots to wipe out the entire family. They're going to try to kill 70 of the brothers. They're going to get 69. We wouldn't call that lack of a karasatev. We would think that's a lot worse. Why is the Pusik framing it? They didn't have a karasatev to a karash and they didn't have a karasatev to his shliach, the tzaddik gidden who saved them, and they didn't remember all the things he did. They murdered most of his family. 
That's more why we're we framing that as lack of Akaris at type. So, Lashon of the Alkit, one second. Lazacha ben Yisrael, Miti the Lashon, Lamash Lasa Chesed in Beis Yerbal. One is a function of the other. A person who doesn't learn Akaris at to human beings is not going to understand Akaris at to Akash Baruch Hu and vice versa. The purpose of Akaris at the Midah, by human beings, all the Beram Chaveres are to refine ourselves and our midas, and then apply them to emulate in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to become more like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyachol, Mahu Racham Rachem, Mahu Chanan, Chanan. It's an exercise, so to speak, with its own intrinsic value, but the exercise has to follow through to having HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hu. So the Pasuk starts by pointing out that the fact that doing a Vodazar is severe lack of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that was part of their general attitude because they didn't have any Akar to their own leader, which is easier. He's in front of you. His children are in front of you. He's right here. And you ignore the family history and fight a war against them and wipe them out. So Yalkut says, the same people who do A, do B. Had they done Chesed Beis Yubal, they would have remembered Akar Baruch and they would have been more from. Havi, you see from here, the Lashon of the Alkid, Kamishu, Isa Chesed, Ki'ilu Meide Bechalonisim, Shasa Kajbarcho, Miyayim, Shiatsi, Yisrael, Mitzrayim. Person who is working on his Midas and is a Baal Chesed and has a Kharsa type of human beings, he's not just a nice guy if he uses it to understand that the ultimate source of all the Brachas of Kajbarcho, he will use that Midas of a Kharsa type toward a Kajbarcho and do more of it as Hashem. Chomisha'ena Isa Chesed, Ki'ilu Kaifer. And if a person does new chesed, it's not just he's not a nice guy, it's going to end up leading to kfirah. So this, these two psukim are boilet, because you read the rest of the parak as we're about to do, the next parak, uh, this is uh, not not doing chesed. This is overtly cruel. But it started with, yeah, what did he do for us already? Anyway, he was a general, okay, so we also fought in the army. So it starts like that. Yes? Yes. Oh, and by the way, also Moab hired Dylan to try to... Yeah, try to wipe us off the face of the earth. That's correct, yeah. It's a good, good dimion. Yeah, it's, it's a very good dimion. It starts, you would think, was one of the other, so they weren't overtly giving out free Slurpees. So, okay, so they're not so nice. Yeah, there's an, there's an inherent... Uh, right, right. And more, everybody asks that there were other people who didn't come with uh, carts of lemonade either. But they were from the family, and they were from light who understood. The one thing he still understood was chesed. He tried to do it, but he was nefesh, and that they didn't learn. Right? That was what we were discussing at Shal Shudah. So it, it's an inherent taina on them. And over here, it's an inherent taina also. Gidon just worked very hard for a long time, fighting these battles and fighting his own family, and then fighting the, the shevet, and then the leading class of the battle, and the, this was difficult. And when they get a Musa Shmuz after the massacre, uh, which is going to be an interesting void uh, to understand, uh, one of the sons will survive the youngest, and he's going to not run and hide. He's going to give them Musa. And the Musser is, you would think would be, why did you just murder my 69 brothers? That too. But he talks about, what's with you guys? And my father saved you? He's going to talk about this lack of midah, which really goes to the core of what the problem is, even though any Musser on murder would be well-placed and uh, the rest you think would be commentary. But it's not, because you have to go, a person disregards life is a person who now disregards life, but the problem started a lot earlier. That's the, that's the issue. 
Pertes Pasuk Aleph. Ve'yelech avimela ben Yubal Shchema. So now he goes to work on the family. Goes to Shchem. So already, uh, if you're gearing up for Ve'yetz and Ve'yishlach, you should be shuddering that uh, somebody is going to Shchem to do any operation. Shchem, as Rashi keeps reminding us, is a mokom where they didn't have tremendous siyata deshmaya. Arayim is a place is dangerous. Part of Eretz Yisrael and Mitzvah Shem, the Gula Shlema, we're going to take over and make it green. Uh, I don't say that. Uh, we're going to make it uh, more than green physically. We're going to make it uh, pleasant and we're going to um, make sure the people that are there are uh, very responsible and we're going to make it into a Malkam Baruch. It's part of Eretz Yisrael. Of course it's a Malkam Baruch. But it didn't have that historically for various reasons. It started off with the Mechiris Yasef and it went downhill from and he goes to talk to Mishpachas base Avi Imoy because they are more related to him because he's only a half brother and this is from his mother's side etiquette he has I don't want to compare him to um, the examples of recent history because the mice is Yid and the jury's still out and whether he's listed in the Shaftim, as shocking as that might be, but we'll get to that later in the coming weeks. But he had some redeeming qualities. But with that disclaimer and that chilik, uh, there are some very evil people who have walked the face of this earth in the last century who said please and thank you and then went on to do atrocities. The people I'm referring to are the worst of the worst in Amalek form. And Avimelech is not that. He's a Yid, and he even, despite all this, went to a dock, had some accomplishments. But, can you please speak to the other family members and get a consensus here and help me out? And he's not crass enough to spell out exactly what he wants to do, but he basically lets them know what he wants to do, and they sort of understand it and help him. But I'd explain, I'd explain exactly yet what he would tell you on an interview. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that now. What would he tell you on an interview? He's about to ask nicely that he get the help and the money and the mercenaries to accompany him back home so he can kill all his brothers. How do you explain that in an interview? It has to be, so I think, I don't want to over-explain it, I think what he'd say, as I think we alluded to this last week, he'd say, look, my name is Avi Melech. Shalom Aleichem. And therefore, it's obvious that Minash Shemayim is only supposed to be one leader. And based on my name, that should be me. And of course, based on my talents and my superior intelligence and my general administrative capabilities and not to mention my aggressiveness and all the other violent tendencies. So I should be king. He didn't mention that last part. And therefore, once that's a Dover Pushit, everybody else who doesn't agree is a Murid Bamalchus. That's about as chilling as it gets. I hope I didn't explain that too well, because that's what he would say. And he apparently explained that to his family members, and they agreed. They said, yes, yeah, taka chutzpah. Your brothers don't agree? They agreed. They didn't even know. He never even brought it up. Would agree. He never, there was never a conversation. He came in with the men, and he murdered them. So you'd ask him afterwards, why don't you discuss it? He said, discuss it. They're not going to agree to this. Why not? He said, I don't know. It's pushing but they're not going to agree. So he, there's no remez anywhere in Chazal that he even brought this up. 
He just presupposed, of course they're not going to agree. They have a nice administration going with 70 things. He presupposed that everything was wrong. I, I have no reason to believe they were doing much, as I mentioned, and that they wanted the Malucha, because the father said he didn't want it. And uh, maybe had they discussed it, they would have said, okay, kind of pushy, but you want to go right ahead. I don't think it was discussed. But if you want to know what he's thinking, as a thinking individual, which he is, and again, you go down the list of Shaftim. This is the hardest thing to explain, harder than Pelegish Begiva, and the other difficult things we're going to get to. But he's not uh, a Malik, he's not an Akum, he's not, uh, he doesn't look at himself as a tyrant, and the only explanation I have up here is he held their all Marba Malchus. But he's dying somebody, Marba Malchus is not a conversation. Unless there was a conversation, I don't know about it. But even if there was a conversation, he's wrong. So that's the, again, I don't want to make it sound too good because he's wrong. Yes? I mean, maybe he made it up, but I mean, there's no source that says that it sounds like it was a family meeting and they decided to divide the rulership between men. He's going to his family in Shem and says, look, here's your choices. Exactly, that's exactly what he said. That's the one-liner for what we just said in three paragraphs, that uh, he said it's not fair, and I'm not really part of the family, they're discriminating against me. Discrimination card is always good. And I'm from Pelegesh, and it shouldn't make a chilek. I already told you one of the good news uh, coming is there's a later shefet called Yiftah, who had the same issue, didn't react the same way at all. As a matter of fact, he was very forgiving. Yeah. Got out of there. I don't want machlekes. <laughs> and then when they called him back, most people would be a little vindictive. Is that a chutzpah? You threw me out. So he brought it up just because he wanted to clear the air. But after they said, yeah, we apologize. We, won't, we need you. He said, I'm right here. Got you covered. That's the way to be a shepherd. Here, I don't know if there was a conversation, what the conversation was. Whatever it is, he was wrong. And, but he told his family that they don't really think they're part of us and they're doing their own thing. That's why I preface today. I don't think they're doing too much. This is all about covered. There's nothing to do. But he didn't see it that way. Pasuk Beis. As he spells out, he says, what, you want a government with 70 people? That's very not uh, practical. A waste of public money. I can, I can picture the speeches. We got to cut down big government spending. 70 people? I can do the job myself. Of course, he can do the job himself. There's nothing to do. I can't do the job myself. Nothing much to do, but he had him convinced. Family is wonderful, and families should stick together. Not when they're dead wrong on the issue, and other people can be dead because they're wrong. This is not the time to uh, rally around the position. But this is what he says. And the end of his political speech, he says, just remember, I'm not going to say it's Beferish, but hint, Like if it wasn't so sad, it would be comical. First he says, 70 people is unwieldy. It's not going to work. And uh, I think one guy would really do the job. And remember, if you're voting for one guy, I'm closer to you. That was the whole speech. So they had a meeting in Shechem, his mother's family. They bring it up to the wider voting population of Shechem. It's called Apparently it sounds like in this Pesach there was a discussion 
Um, that's not such a redeeming quality, but they didn't say yes right away. It took an hour or two or a day or two, and they discussed it, and they said, yeah, he's right, we should really support our own. Well, the brother's a brother. They didn't seem to remember that in the next Pasuk. If a brother's a brother, why is he going on a rampage? He said, well, he's uh, really one of us. And now all this is done not explicitly, but explicit enough to get everybody killed. So they didn't go back to him and say, yeah, you're our man, we should go right now and kill everybody. But that's basically what they said. Here we go again with the base Balbris. That's where the safe was. Base Balbris, the main meeting place, and they had the city funds there, and they released some money, not some, exactly the amount needed, Shivim Kesef. If you do the chilling math, Shivim Kesef sounds like they had to pay a mercenary, a, little, a mercenary is a soldier who kills people for money. Well, they're hiring hitmen, and they gave them each one silver coin, and that was the amount he's getting paid to take out one of the brothers, and there are 70 brothers. This number is not a coincidence. The number 70, by the way, is not a coincidence either, because if you need whatever extent you need a government, 70 wasn't a Sanjana Gadol, but it mimics a number that uh, you want to run the country, so you have 70, or maybe they're all Chachamim and they had the Sanjana there. So the number 70 would make sense, but you're supposed to uh, keep them. And he hires with the 70 kesev lowlifes. Rashi says, I would have thought that's an understatement also. Rashi apparently doesn't think so, so we have to understand. Rashi says, the description of this pasuk over here, Anashem Reikim Upechazim. Why were they called Anashem Reikim Upechazim? I would have called them cold-blooded murderers. The pasuk doesn't call them that, which gives you the idea that the introduction we just discussed and the insight is exactly the problem over here. If you'd interview them, you'd ask them what they're doing, say, look, uh, not exactly, uh, I'd rather be an accountant, but Zemashiyesh, um, employment is uh, hard to find, and is this a CD operation? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe no, but it's not outright, there's a psak over here, they didn't ask a shayla, but they're in their mind, and we're getting the job done because they're married by Malchus. So there was like an aura of acceptability over here. Otherwise, you wouldn't call them Anashem Reikim Apechazim. Anashem Reikim Apechazim is empty people have nothing to do. And then the wild side, they're ruffians. And Rashi now, you can read the Rashi, Apechazim, Buhulim B'maaseim Lasa B'latfuna, people who are impetuous and do things without thinking about it. We wouldn't use that description for cold-blooded murderers. We'd say the Rosham Gemur of the highest order. If the Pasuk doesn't say it, so Rashi doesn't say it. We're not using this to condone anything over here. I'm just showing you this. The good news is this is in Klai Yisrael, Shechem is still a city in Klai Yisrael. And if you ask them in the interview and insinuate that you're a cold-blooded murderer, they would say, Chalila. Like, what are you, crazy? What are you uh, spreading Lashon Har about me? Metzi Shemra. The Pusik seems to vindicate that. He said, he hired Anashim Pechazim Reikim. That's not the description we were given. Uh, he hired 70 people, gave them a shekel each, and said, follow me, and it's one per one. I can't get that much more beferish. 
I, I mean, we didn't read the Pusik yet, but it's coming uh, very soon, like the next Pusik. They knew exactly what, it wasn't a surprise, like, I have a secret mission, you want to come along with me. He had to tell them, Rochel, Bitcha, Katana, this is what we're going to do. So the problem is, again, I don't want to associate the uh, Sicilians and the Italians with uh, what's going on over here, but this was the mafia. They would also say, and they get into court, and the mother says he's really a nice boy. And they, they just did it because uh, they were starting up and moving into our territory. And we tried to warn them first and slash their tires. It didn't work. And therefore, we hired 70 people and we got rid of them. <coughs> so that's what happened over here. I, they should have known they were Murray Malchus. They discussed it with them. I don't think so. They should have known. They're getting in the way. We sort of warned them, which I don't think they did, because they were caught completely by surprise the next puzzle. Completely by surprise. They were having either a family meeting, as some Mepharshim say, they were like together for the art site. Really bad. They, they didn't know what was coming. And we would normally say, The answer is they were hitmen for hire. But that's a pretty toned down description. Yeah. The Pesach doesn't say Shivam Ish. It says that the word. Yeah, the Mepharshim said it. I got that from the Mepharshim. It was, but it was 70 for, um, and that's why he hired that amount. It doesn't say that, but the Pesach, the Mepharshim add that. And the numbers, it, it adds up because the amount of people he's going to try to kill is 70, which is the next Pesach. Pesach, hey, vayavu beis aviv, efrasa, efrasa, vayaragis echav, which means, that's particularly, they were in the same place and they didn't know what hit them. One escaped. He was the smallest child, the young child, he was smaller, and he hid. And he was saved, so the Wadak, and all the first say, so they didn't really kill 70, they attempted to kill 70, kill 69, but we know the, the number 70 is Kailul, the 69, like 40 and 39. So they basically cannot finish the job. And after that was done, they went home. Shechem is a city. Maloy is a city, a suburb nearby. Notice the word v'yamlichu. Terrible irony again. His father was offered the melucha, and he said, absolutely not, we don't need a melech, we never had one, and when we need one, it'll be a long time from now, and it'll be somebody else. And he wanted to be king. Well, that's why he killed everybody, because he had a tremendous hunger for power. And they had all ceremony in this uh, area, this flat area in the plains, and there was an area, there's a meeting place where she describes, they had Matsevis, they had monuments there, and they had, it was a, a town park where they used to do these things, and they inaugurated him. The one surviving brother is a tremendous uh, bravery here. You would think he was small enough to hide, and he's, wherever he's hiding, hearing the screaming and the yelling, pretty disastrous event for somebody to witness, especially if he was the youngest and realizes in short order he's the only survivor, the reaction you would think would be run for the hills and then run for the next hills and just keep running and just don't turn back because these people aren't interested in Musr and they're dangerous. And when they find out you're alive, they're going to come get you. I'm 
showing you the silver linings and all these stories, and even Avimelech, as bad as this is, Avimelech is not uh, Beteva interested in just killing people. His covet was apparently never worked on and completely... He had a chip in his shoulder for whatever reason. He'll tell you that uh, it's not his fault because he's a Ben Pilegish and the old Frenfer. Nothing Frenfer is murder or taking over Shalok Yadin. But besides the fact that Radak is going to say he's listed in the Shaftim because after that he was Shafit for three years or he thinks he's king, which is uh, in his eyes higher than a Shafit. For all practical purposes, he did whatever a Shafit's supposed to do. Whatever enemies try to come, he got rid of and he. We don't have any complaints afterwards that he ran the country like a ruthless tyrant and did things wrong. That's what's fascinating. So how can somebody sink to a level like this? Well, if they convince themselves they're a member of Malchus not being asked to do it, you can sink to a lot of low levels. But Avimelech is not the focus over here because we don't see any courage yet. We just see paradise. Yesim apparently has a Havamina that Shem people Shrem and the people in Beis Baloy and all the people who voted him in and acted upon it, and Avimelech are still, at the end of the day, Yidin, who are otherwise from, and you could still talk to them, and it pays. That's a tremendous silver lining. You know, he wasn't crazy, and it sounds like a crazy thing to do. Why are you getting close to them and coming back, and he's going to say a whole mushle and a whole fancy drush over here with very biting musser as they should be receiving we would say, what are you doing? <laughs> this is dangerous. Just run. He's going to run afterwards. Why is he going back? So we've been giving a few shirim on Hochea over the last few months and over Yom Naran. This is a classic. He holds the zachiv to, not just for the covetous family, to do something and make a roshim. He's going to give him a fire and brimstone speech. You would think, even I would say, but you don't have to get yourself killed. And if I had to pick a group of people who weren't interested in listening to Musser, these would be the people. And Yesim thinks not so. And the Pusik apparently agrees with him. The Pusik's telling over how he did this and he's going to tell them, will they listen at the end? Not really. But maybe they were Yechidim who had some hurried tshuva. He thought it was worth a chance, which I think is amazing. That despite this ruthless thing that happened and the tragedy... He thinks there's still somebody to maybe talk to, and he wants to give them a piece of his mind, they should hear it, and he's going to curse them also. If they don't do tshuva, they're going to get into a fight themselves, an internal fight, and they're going to kill each other, which will happen. But he has a half of it, and this is going to work, which I find incredible. Yes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you're talking to a wall. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what's, so, that's what's so troubling over here, is that in life you could fool yourself into very strange positions that you'll try to defend, because what do you mean? Uh, don't they know I'm more talented? Don't they know he named me Avimelech? What's the matter with you guys? Why don't you come to me singing and dancing and proclaim the king? The answer is, we don't want a king, we don't need a king, and... You're a nice guy, at least we thought you were, but we're doing fine, and you want to join us? You can join us. If you don't want to join us, don't join us. No. But he didn't see it that way. So yes, Yesem is going to give them uh, a real drusha with a mushal, a, a mamish, like the dubna, and he's standing on a mountain. You've got a picture, we're not going to read it now, but he's going to come back. He's going to stand on the mountain, he's going to give a whole drusha, and I know they're within earshot because he didn't write it up in an email and send it. He's talking to them. So I would assume the physics, you'll 
chime in if you know. He's going to stand where right near Shechem. Anybody ever been there before they gave it back or after they gave it back? Just uh, tread carefully. They got high grisim and high evil there. And he's going to go up in the mountain, and they're in the other mountain, and he's going to scream out you know, something like, hear ye, hear ye, and give a whole drusha with a mushal and an imshal and a whole thing. If they're within earshot, he didn't have a megaphone, and the mic system was shvach. If they're within earshot, aren't they within arrow shot? Isn't he within arrow shot? Talking to a pretty violent group, he's talking to people who were capable, not capable, who just wiped out an entire family. And he's giving a drasha. And you know what? And Raya had just said, I think he was with an arrow shot. Nobody shot him. He's telling him, you guys are a bunch of murders. What'd you do? What are you out of your mind? And they're listening. That wouldn't have happened in the Sicilian neighborhoods. Let's put it that way. Come back in Taina. What'd you drop the guy in the East River for? A chutzpah? How dare you? I don't think you'd get much of a drush off. They would at least walk away. Here, not only didn't they shoot, they're sitting and listening. Is this guy's good? Mamish like the Dudnavah? Like a marshal, an imshal? This is a good drush We don't like the Baskana, but it's a good drush <laughs> that, That's to the credit, as bad as these people were. Now, did they listen to the Musa or did they change? No, because they probably had another meeting afterwards and they said, yeah, he's much too from and... I don't know how you guys missed him, and they were Marbamalchas. We're sorry we had to do that, but we had to do it. But you've got to explain all this, or else the don't make any sense. Um, we don't have time for Musra and the Pelier, so we'll just read one more Pusik, because I have to start Shachris on time. Pusik Zion. Ve'agidu li'yesam ve'yela ve'yamad b'reish ha'grizim. Ve'yisa ke'la ve'yikra. And... Without the megaphone, but he has a loud voice and he puts a lot into it to have maximum volume. He's from. Elohim means Hashem. Now you'll notice he doesn't mention Avimelech. He's giving Musr Baalishchem. Pashat is that Balishem are the ones who gave him the money, gave him the people, and rallied behind him. So he's really blaming them more. He says, You guys are electing your a separate city, you're electing your own king. What are you doing? And to bring across this point, he's gonna give him a marshal. We would think the Drusha should be Raitzchim. Rishim Gemurim, but what what'd you do? He doesn't bring up any Ritzicha. He says, listen, Baal I have a very serious message. I want you to understand the Moshe and the Nimshel and think about it. What's he going to accomplish? He might accomplish, they murdered everybody, he can't bring them back. They could do tshuva, and they cannot appoint Avimelech, even though the Pesach before says they sort of inaugurated him, but they don't have to act upon it and prop him up as the new king. And he's going to, through a mushal, try to explain to them why this was evil, horrible, and totally unnecessary. But he doesn't even address, I don't know if Avimelech was standing there, but I assume these are his people. And again, the good news, to end on good news, they're going to hear, the drush is going to take us a week, next week. 
and they're going to listen to the entire thing. Nobody shoots, nobody screams, nobody yells. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, no one's really going to listen either, but maybe they were Yechidim or had the hurry Truva. They always had some Rashim, but to their credit, as bad as they were, they didn't stop him in the middle of the drosha. So, Mitzvah Shem will continue that next week. If anybody's diving now, if you could send somebody up right